All right, we'll say good morning. Good morning. Today's daf is Yurches. Let's pick up on your 18. Let's pick up on Yurches Amudalif 18a, four lines down from the top. Massive Rav Hamluna. So again, I will say just uh, to reorient ourselves a little bit, we are still in the middle of this machlokis between Rav Huna and Shmuel. Remember, what did the Mishnah teach us? The Mishnah taught us that there is a neder besoch neder, but there is no shvua besoch shvua. Rav Huna and Shmuel disagree on the scope of the neder besoch neder case. Shmuel hold, or Rav Huna holds that it's only if a person says harini nazir hayom harini nazir lemachar, in which case, since the second neder adds something additional in the first day, or say in the second neder nazir, it adds on the thirty-first day, therefore the second neder takes effect. But according to Rav Huna. If you said the second neder would not take effect at all. On the other hand, Shmuel says no. Even if a person says ultimately it works. And remember again, Rafuna has his parallel case by Shvua. What's the parallel case by Shvua? Where a person says, where a person says Shvua sheni ochel te'inim, and then a second Shvua is Shvua sheni ochel te'inim va'anovim. That by Shvua won't eat figs. And then a second shvua says, I won't eat figs and I won't eat grapes. Even though according to Rabal, such a shvua works, we established that according to that Rafuna, excuse me, Rafuna does not hold like Rabal. And therefore, again, we say that case doesn't. That'd be the parallel case by shvua. So it says the Gemara massive, Rav Hamnuna. So Rav Hamnuna raised Akasha. What was the Kasha? Nazir Lahazir. Remember again, the Pasuk says, as I said a few days ago, we get a lot of mileage out of this double Hashem. So the Torah says, Nazir Lahazir. That literally, if a person will take a Nazarite vow, Ishkiyafli Lindor Neder Nazir Lahazir Lashem. Person's taking a Neder Nazir Lahazir. So ultimately, says the Gemara, what does that mean? So Nazir Lahazir, Mikan Shanazirus Chal Al Hanazirus. From here, we learn that what? That we'll say Nazirus could be Chal on Nazirus. That if one, one Neder Nazirus could go ahead and take place, or, or I should say, devolve upon the individual. Even if there is already an existing neder nazirus, so says the Gemara Shiachal Vahalodinhu. Now we'll say, now why is this a novel thing? Because I might have thought a little bit separate, uh, differently. I might have thought the following: Uma Shvua Chamura Ein Shvua Chal Al Shvua. Because we'll say, I could have made the following argument, and the argument is like this: When it comes to a Shvua, so a Shvua is considered to be something stringent, and therefore, again, one Shvua. Cannot be chal on another shvur. Both remember, interestingly enough, we start from the Mishnah. That's a principle that everyone agrees with. That one shvua cannot be chal. One shvua cannot devolve upon the individual when there is a pre-existing shvua already there. So I might, have, I would have constructed the following argument: If shvua, which is more chamer, which is more strict, if oath, which is more strict than neder than vow, so one shvua cannot devolve upon another shvua. So I might have said then what? So nazirus kala lakol shekain. Then certainly Naziris, which Rabbi say is a neder, certainly Nidarim, which are a Naziris, which is considered to be more lenient, so one neder Naziris cannot devolve upon another one. So the Gemara says, therefore, it's there for the Torah, says, Tamad Lomar, Nazir Lahazir. Therefore, the Torah purposely says, Lashon of Nazir Lahazir, Mikan Shahanaziris Chal Al Hanaziris. From here we see that what? That one neder Naziris could take effect upon the individual, already, even if there's already a pre existing. Neder Nazirus. It says the Gemara, fine. So it says, here's what we've established. So we've established that one Neder Nazirus 
can take effect even on top of a pre-existing Nezir Nezirus. That concept does not apply by Shavuot. Now it says the Gemara Hechi Dami. So what is the case of where one Nezir Nezirus could take effect upon another already pre-existing Nezir Nezirus? Says the Gemara Ilema Amar Harini Nazir Hayom Harini Nazir Lamachar. So if a person is saying, I am a Nazir today, I'm a Nazir tomorrow, if that's really what the person is saying, then Krabaya, then I both say, why do I need a Pasuk to teach me that that works? That works intuitively. Why does it work intuitively? Because what is the second Nazir adding on? So another day. So remember again, once the second Nazir is adding on another day, then by definition we know that therefore second Nazir will extend through day 31. There is no such thing as a one-day Nazirus. Once that, se- once that extra day is added, that extra day essentially triggers another 30-day period. Fine. So I don't. So I don't need a pasar. I don't need nazir lahazir to teach me that one nezir zero should devolve upon a pre-existing nezir zero. So rather, what what case do I need? What what where what is the chiddush case? Ella lav do amar harini nazir hayom harini nazir hayom. Oh, rather, what's the novelty case? The novelty case is where I say I am a nazir today. I am a nazir today. And yet, what do we see? The katani. Nezirus chal al nezirus. Ah, and what, and what, what does the Bryce tell me? The Bryce tells me that even if I say, Harini nazir hayom, harini nazir hayom, we'll say, what is that halacha? That the second neder nezirus works. What does that show you? It shows you that the halacha is not like Rav Huna, but rather follow Shmuel, that in fact, if you say, Harini nazir hayom, harini nazir hayom twice, that the second neder, in fact, does work. To which the Gemara says, no, not necessarily. We can reinterpret the case differently. What's the case here? Oh, what's the case? Where I accepted simultaneously two Nidre Naziros. I will say, if you remember again, if you remember again, we had this yesterday, where everyone will agree. See, Rafuna and Shmuel only argue on the case of where a person says two distinct vows, Hareni Nazir Hayom, Hareni Nazir. I am a Nazir today, I am a Nazir today. Ravuna says that second statement is meaningless because it didn't add anything to the first. Shmuel said, no, it works. He's made two Nidre Naziros and must observe two consecutive periods of Naziros, so 60 days, two 30-day periods. But even Rafuna will agree that if a person says, that if a person says, I accept upon myself two periods of Naziros, that even what? Even Rav Huna will agree that that works. So therefore, the Gemara is suggesting over here is that perhaps what the Pasuk of Nazir the Hazir is teaching me is the fact that if a person accepts upon himself two simultaneous periods of Naziros at once, at once, that Lamaisa again, that works. I'm learning that out based on the Pasuk. So the Gemara says, Umay chumra mineder. So let's go back for just a moment. So now what we've shown is that this price need not be a kasha on Rav Huna. Okay. Now the Gemara goes back. Because remember, what did the Mishnah say? What did the Bryce say? The Bryce said that I need Nazir Lahazir. Why? Because I'm out of, without Nazir Lahazir, I would have constructed the following argument. I would have said, I would have said that the same way, the same way that Shvua is not Chal on Shvua, and that's Chomer, so I would have said certainly nazir, no, uh, Neder is not Chal on Neder, or Nazir is not Chal on Nazir. So the Gemara asks, by the way, Umay Chomer de Shvua mi Neder. When you say that a Shvua is more Chomer, is stricter than a Neder, a vow, excuse me, an oath, is stricter than a vow, how so? How so? What do you mean by that? 
So maybe you'll say, well, both say we know this already, that what's unique about a Shavua? A Shavua can be chal on an intangible. On an intangible, right? A person could prohibit sleep upon themselves. Or a person could go ahead and prohibit any intangible item. On the other hand, but Nedar cannot. Nedar has to be on a Dover Sheyesh Mamish. has to be something to it. Like it's on the other hand, neder nami chomer shekin chal al ha mitzvah kirishos. On the other hand, I could say that what neder is more chomer than shvuah wayavosai. Because remember, can you take a shvuah not to put on tefillin? Can you take a shvuah not to put on tefillin? No, such a shvuah is ineffective. But what can you do? I can make a neder not to get any benefit or not to wear this pair of tefillin. And granted, I can't make a neder on the mitzvah, but I can make a neder on the chaftzah. So remember, as we this yesterday's daf two days ago. So on the other hand, I can say that maybe neder is more chomer because I can make a neder prohibiting a mitzvah, but yet I can't make a shivua prohibiting a mitzvah. To which the Gemara says, Elamishum, so rather, so what is the chumrah that shivua has over neder? Elamishum, dechsev bab shivua lo yinakeh. Here's the difference. The difference is that by shivua, the Torah says that I will say, if you go ahead and lo sisa Hashem Hashem alokach ala shav, so it's very strong wording here that the Torah explicitly says by the Yasser Sadibros that you shall not go ahead and take out Kodesh Baruch Hu's name in vain, which the Gemara's understanding now refers to an oath, an oath in vain, because if you do so, you will not be cleansed. You will not find absolution in God. So the fact that the Torah uses this strong Lushan by Shvua, as opposed to Neder, indicates that Shvua is more Hammer than Neder. Fine. But I will say, again, I just want to point out. Um, we did not go ahead. We did not go ahead and resolve this particular machlokes between Rafuna and between Rafuna and Shmuel. I'll just tell you, just so you should know how lamaisa. Show you. I read you the Shulchan Aruch. Just as an aside, by the way, there's an excellent, excellent app called Uvelech Tuchabaderech. It's a free app. Mamish a free yeah. app, and it has Kol HaTorah Kula on it. It's absolutely amazing. So listen to this. So in the Shulchan Aruch, Simen Reish Lab, tell you, Mashiach is definitely coming. You can see it's just an amazing thing. So this is in the Shulchan Aruch, in Simen Reish Lab. I mean, I don't use the, I don't use the internet. I just want to be clear. But, uh, but, uh, so, sorry. Right? I'm sorry. Wi-Fi. Okay, fine. Sorry. So, so in Simen Reish Lab, in Simen Reish Lamites, so the Shulchan Aruch Paskin is fine. Shulchan Aruch says, Amar, first of all, Amar Harini Nazir, Harini Nazir, Chalu Shneihem, Vitzarach Linhok Shtein Azira. So we'll say, first of all, Shulchan Aruch Paskins like Shmuel. Like Shmuel. That if a person says, Harini Nazir Hayom, Harini Nazir Hayom, person makes two concurrent Nidrein Aziras, it works. It works. I remember again, what does that mean? It means that it's double, meaning so he's, he's taking upon himself two consecutive periods of 30 days. So that's number one. Halach Lamaisim Paskin like Shmuel. Well, that if you say Harini Nazir Hayom, Harini Nazir Hayom, it works. Two consecutive. Of course, if you say Harini Nazir Hayom, Harini Nazir Lamachar, of course that works as well. The novelty is that even if you made two, 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 um, two, two identical statements, that Lamaise it creates two periods of Naziros. And next, the halacha is in Shvua Chal Al Shvua. One Shvua cannot devolve upon another Shvua. Shim Amar Shvua Shalo Ochal Kikarzu. Shvua Shalo Ochal Kikarzu. Ein Hashnia Chala. So let's say again, but however we do Paskin, Ein Shvua. 
Ein Shavuah Chalal Shavuah, which means that if you make two of the same Shavuahs, then what? The second one is absolutely meaningless. We will see an exception to that rule in just a moment, but I'm not going to read it to you yet. First, you have to see the Gemara. So, so, so bottom line is we pass in like, we pass in like Shmuel. Says the Gemara, Shavuah Shalom Ochal, Shavuah Shalom Ochal, Ve'enuchai 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 So we'll say if a person made a Shavuah, I will not eat this loaf of bread. And then a person makes another identical Shavuah, I will not eat this loaf of bread. And you end up eating the loaf of bread. So what is the halacha? You are only chayiv. You're only chayiv once. You're only chayiv for one violation. Says the Gemara Amarava, but a very interesting halacha. Emnishal al harishon alav. But says Rava, if Rabosai, if you were released from the first shvua. So we'll we'll discuss the mechanics of this. But let's say a person essentially did like a release. They had a revocation of the oath, which we'll discuss how that happens. If a person has a revocation of the oath then the first oath is gone, the second oath sets in. In other words, what Rava is suggesting is that when we say if a person says, Shavua, that I won't eat this loaf, I, I swear I won't eat this loaf, I swear I won't eat this loaf, so the second statement is essentially ineffective and meaningless. Why? Because there's no room for it to take, to take hold. But if you're released from the first oath, then what? Then the second one has the ability to take hold. So the Gemara says, Mimai, where do we know this from? So isn't the Gemara makes an interesting diok, an interesting observation. The Mishnah says that if you make two identical shvuas, the Mishnah says you're only chayiv once. You're only chayiv once. But it doesn't say that there's only one shvua. When it says you're only chayiv once, what the Mishnah is telling me is the second shvua can be effective under certain circumstances, but for liability purposes, you're only going to be chayiv once. So what does the Mishnah mean? Raf There is no room for the second shvua to really devolve upon the individual. However, but when you go ahead and have the first neder revoked or annulled, then chayla lishna achrina. Excuse me, then Chayla, I'm sorry. Then Chayla. Then the second Shavua has the ability to devolve upon the individual. So interestingly enough, as much as we say, Ein Shavua Chalal Shavua, that one Shavua cannot go ahead and take an, an ident- two ident- um, a second identical Shavua, cannot devolve upon the individual. However, if a person is released somehow from the first oath, the second oath has the ability to set it. And by the way, that is indeed how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins. That's why the Lashon of that Sif that I stopped reading to in the middle says, even though we say, in Shavuah chal al Shavuah, listen to this, aval im nishal al harishona chal hashniya. Interestingly enough, again, if you, are, if you are released from the first vow, from the first oath, excuse me, the second oath sets in. So the Gemara says, Lishna there is another version of this exchange, chiyuva hudaleka, if you make two identical vows, there is no liability, there's no chiv if one violates the second vow, but yet again, the vow itself still is there. So I'll say it's one of these interesting things the Gemara is saying where I say, I'm not gonna, I, I swear I'm not going to eat the loaf, I swear I'm not going to eat the loaf. So right now, in my present circumstances, that second vow is meaningless, but it doesn't go away. See, the Habamim, when, when I read the Mishnah, I assume that when it says, in what that means is, that second shvua, it's like it's nothing. It's like I never made it. Now what Rav is saying is, no, that's not the case. The second shvua is there. It's kind of just in suspended animation. If nothing ever happens with the first shvua, meaning the first shvua remains in effect, then the second shvua essentially just remains standing there. 
But if for some reason the first Shavua is knocked out, then what? That gives the halachic room, the halachic framework for the second Shavua to set in. So it's kind of like sitting there in suspended animation to see if something happens with Shavua number one. So we'll say in this second Lashon, so the Gemara says, When you make tridentical oaths, so there will be no chi of no liability for the second one, but the second one is still a valid oath. Now, what does that mean? So remember, again, if, if, if there is no liability, does that not indicate that indeed it is not a valid oath? Because Rava says that if for some reason you got the second, you, 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 the first, the first shvua was revoked or was annulled, that ultimately again the second and there is not able to set in. So to say that this supports Rava, so we'll listen to this. We had this yesterday. Someone took two nidre niziros, two Nazarite vows, which normally would require you to what? Based on what we just learned. Observe how many days of Nazirus? 60 days, right? Two periods of 30. And what happens? I counted the first 30. I even separated my carbon. And then I had the original nether annulled. Annulled. So what is the halacha? The first 30 days that I observed can now go ahead and what? And count for the second nether. So therefore again, but the Gemara, so we'll say the Gemara brings that down to show this idea of like a second nether kind of filling in the void when the first one is removed. Even though we're not talking about nether, we're talking about Shavua. To which the Gemara says, well, that case is not a good case anyway. Why? The truth is already established. You can't bring a riot from that particular case. Why not? Because that could be a case of simultaneous acceptance, simultaneous vows, where a person says, I am hereby accept upon myself Two Nidre Nizirus, where everyone will agree in that case that both are valid, and therefore, in the event that for some reason you didn't fulfill one or one was revoked, two could fill the voice. So we'll say, what comes out? What comes out from this sugya is a very important idea. First of all, we paskin neder chal al neder. That's how we paskin. One neder could devolve upon another neder, and that's even true of what? Even if you made identical statements, even if you say, Hareini Nazir Hayom, Hareini Nazir Hayom, two identical statements. That creates an obligation for two consecutive periods of nizirus. That's halacha number one. Halacha number two, we pass in ein shvua chal al shvua. Right? One oath cannot go ahead and devolve upon the individual if you've already made a first identical oath. However, the way we pass in is that second oath doesn't totally go away in totality. Instead, what does it do? It kind of hovers over the individual. That in the event that for some reason a person was somehow released from that first oath, what would happen? Then second oath would have the opportunity to attach itself to the individual. Fine, says the Mishnah. It's not a new but a new Says the Mishnah. So now we're going to get into something very interesting. So what does this mean, Stam Nidarm Lahachmir? Take a look at the Ran. So it says Ran, Stam Nidarm Lahachmir, Uperusham Lahakel. But their explanation is lakula. What does this mean? Says Ran Kilomar, Mishen Adar Vish the Fire Shon Lahachmir Ulahakil, Kadeshilo Pirish Echel Mehel Lamanis Kavin, Holchin Bistam Lachmir. I will say, we're going to see that there are certain times that a person makes a nether, but their Lashon is ambiguous. Lashon is ambiguous. Now the Mishnah is dealing with an interesting, interesting situation. What happens if someone makes a vow, an ambiguous vow? How do we interpret ambiguous vows? So we'll say, remember, let's say, now we'll see what you will say to yourself, why don't you just ask the person what they meant? 
Well, sometimes a person is not sure exactly what it is that they meant, or other times a person is not. They will see the cases. In any event, what the Mishnah says as a principle is that if someone made an ambiguous vow, so we interpret it lahachmir. We, we accept the most stringent interpretation of their words. We'll, and we'll give examples of this. However, upeirushan lahakel. Their explanation, however, allows it to be lenient. Look at the Ran again. So let's say I make a neder, and my neder is ambiguous. So the first statement of the Mishnah is, is, if we don't know what you meant, we will attribute the more, the stricter interpretation to your words. However, if I come back and I say, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I meant, well, you know, whatever the more lenient interpretation is than what? I am believed. I am believed. Which both say that by itself is not is not a big kiddush. Of course, I made the nether. So of course, I am believed to what? I am believed to qualify that nether as well. So the Gemara goes on. The Gemara says, uh, excuse me, the Mishnah says, I'm sorry. Ketzad. So what's what? Let's give an example of this. Amar hare alai kebasar maliach kiyayin nesach. So what happens? Let's say I say that this loaf of bread, I'm just using loaf of bread as an example, should be unto me like salted meat and like libation wine. So I must say, remember, now here's the interesting part. So what, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? Take a look at the Ran again. Writes the Ran. What's an example of a stam nedar, an ambiguous nedar? Listen to this. So I say, I want this loaf of bread to be like salted meat. So salted meat can mean one of two things. Salted meat can mean sacrificial meat. Or salted meat can mean, can mean idolatry meat. Right? Or, or, or the truth is, Right, it could also mean regular meat. Although the problem is the reason why the reason why that doesn't make sense is because remember we'll say what are we talking mean that doesn't make sense. Nah, but Mr. Schoenfeld, it was an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So let me take a moment to compose myself yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good. so so the, the idea over here is like this. Remember, we'll say what are we talking about over here? We're talking about hatfasa. So hatfasa, remember, is where you take a permitted item. And you want to literally attach it, at least status-wise, to a prohibited item. So if a person says, this piece of meat should be, excuse me, this loaf of bread should be like salted meat, the one thing we know he's not talking about, he's not talking about your lunch meat. He's not talking about your, you know, your steak. Right? How do we know that? Because your steak is permitted. So obviously he's trying to compare his loaf of bread to something that is prohibited. The issue over here is there are two things he could possibly be referring to. He could be referring to sacrificial meat, or he could be referring to avodah meat. Now, what's the chiluk between those things? So, remember again, let's go back where we're experts in this already. In order for hatfasa to work, in order to link a permitted item to a prohibited item, and for the permitted item to become prohibited, what's, what, what has to happen? The, prohibit, excuse me, the prohibited item itself has to be a davar hanadar, something that is prohibited through a nether. But if it's a davar ha'asr me'atzmo, if ultimately, again, it is inherently asr, then what? Then hatfasa does not work. So listen to this. So therefore, again, if you have this situation where I'm comparing the piece, my loaf of bread to a salted piece of meat, and what happens? I say it should be like basr maliach. So what does he mean? If he means I'm comparing it to a carbon, then hatfasa will work. Because remember, every single animal becomes a carbon. How? 
really through the process of being designated by the individual, which is like a nether. On the other hand, if I'm comparing the salted meat to what? To avodazara, avodazara is inherently asr, and therefore, again, cannot work for hatfasa. Same thing with, same thing with yayin nesach, libation wine. What am I referring to? Am I referring to sacrificial libation wine? In which case, that is considered to be an item that became prohibited through a neder, in which case hatfasa would work, or is it avodazara? And if it's about the Zara, idolatry, that is inherently asr, and therefore what? And therefore, hatfasa will not work. So, I've also said what the Gemara is telling me, therefore, is what? So, the Gemara, so for example, so, Kihari, like, was like, Yayin Esk, meaning the Mishnah, Im Bishim, Im Bishal Shlamim Nadar Asr. So, if you have in mind that you want it to be sacrificial meat, then what? Then the hatfasa will work, and the loaf of bread will become asr. Im Bishal Avodas Kochavim Nadar. But if on the other hand, again, you are comparing the loaf of bread to Avodah Zorah, then mutter, then ultimately, again, it won't work. Rabbi Sahad Fasa won't work. It won't work again because Avodah Zorah is inherently Aser. Therefore, again, Stam Aser. So Rabbi says, here's the example. So if I made this neder, I say that this loaf of bread should be like Basra Maliach, should be like salted meat, and I didn't qualify what that means. We interpret that statement stringently. What does stringently mean in this particular case? That we assume that what? That Pasar Malik is referring to sacrificial meat, carbonic meat, because that's ultimately what makes the neder chal. So again, here's the example. I make a statement that is ambiguous, a little bit open-ended, can either refer to sacrificial meat, which again will work and therefore make the loaf of bread prohibited, or it could refer to avodah meat, which will not, which will not work, and I'll allow the bread to still remain permitted. We interpret my ambiguous words in a stringent fashion. Another example. I say this loaf of bread should be to me like cherim. Now, I've said, remember again, cherim means that it should be consecrated. Now, understand that statement could also be interpreted in two distinct ways. So, I'll say a person could go ahead and, and, and if, you, if you make something cherim, that means I give it to I give it to Akhavish Baruch, it's dedicated to the base on Ikdosh. So if you do that, then I both said that, remember, the way you make something cherim is essentially through the process of a nether, right? I promise to give something. So if I'm comparing my loaf of bread to what we call cherim shel shamayim, to something that, that I consecrated to God, then what? Then such a hot fossil works, because I'm comparing the loaf of bread to something else that became prohibited through a nether. However, ve'im kecherim shel kohanim. I both said there's another form of cherim, and what is that? That's called cherim shel kohanim. Cherim shel kohanim essentially is item that becomes the property of Kohanim. The Rebbe said that item does not possess any inherent sanctity. It just becomes the property of the Kohanim. Therefore, again, th- comparing something to Cherem Shal Kohanim will not work for Hatfasa because the item itself of Cherem Shal Kohanim is not considered the same that it's prohibited by a vow. Therefore, by comparing something permitted to that item, Hatfasa does not take effect. Look at Rashi for just a moment here. Rashi says, I'm comparing the loaf of bread, I'm connecting the loaf of bread to an item that I ultimately consecrated or sanctified to HaKadosh Baruch for the Beis HaMikdash. So that will work, because that item, that, that is a proper hatfasa. On the other hand, so I remember, Cherem Kohanim possesses no real sanctity. It just happens to be the property of the Kohanim themselves. So again, therefore I will say, if I just said that this loaf of bread should be Cherem, 
but I did not what? I did not say what type of cherem I am referring to. We interpret my words stringently. <coughs> and again, stringently in this particular context means what? Stringently means that it refers to cherem shal shamayim. It refers to something consecrated to the base of Mikdash. Therefore, again, that's considered to be an item that is prohibited by a vow. And therefore, the Maisahat Fasso will work. Fine. Next. Hare alaikim Maiser. Let's say a person says, This loaf of bread should be prohibited to me like Maiser. Now, remember again, there are two different types of Maiser. There's Maiser Behema, and there's Maiser Dogam. So, we'll say the Gemara wants to make the following suggestion. Person doesn't qualify what they're talking about. Imke Maiser Behema. So, if a person is comparing the loaf of bread, to Meister, and remember, Meister Behema is you have to take the tenth animal and give it to the coin. So if we're talking about Meister Behema, then the nether works. Why? Look at the run for just a moment. So the run says, Ki Meister Behema, Im Ki Meister Behema, Nadir Aser, the Dabra Hanidorhu, Shkishahaya Kori La Asiri Asiri, Kishahaya Kori La Asiri Asiri, the Aser Lokal Achakimim Matir. So also listen to this. So the run says, that when you go ahead and the tenth animal comes out of the pen, you have to actively designate that animal as Meiser Behema. Because you have to actively designate it, therefore what? It has the status as a Dover Hanador, as a vowed item. Therefore, if you compare a permitted item to the Meiser Behema, Hatfasa works. On the other hand, on the other hand, if you go ahead and you compare it to, however, Abim Shal but if you compare it to Meiser, if you compare it to Meiser of your, of your crops, Right, literally of your greenery, then mutter. Now, both say now. Interestingly enough, let's assume right now that the reason for this is, the reason for this is that meiser, right, meiser that you give of your crops of your grain is inherently usher. We'll go with that approach right now, although we'll challenge that later on. But let's assume right now that the meiser of your crops, even though you have to designate it, once it is designated, it becomes inherently usher. Therefore, it's called a davar ha usher and not a davar ha nador. And therefore, again, hatfasa will not work. And therefore, vim us, vim stam. If you made this statement, if you did not, if you made an ambiguous statement, us or we will assume that meiser refers to meiser behima. And therefore, again, that is a davrahan nadra, a vowed item. And therefore, tfasel will work. Next, harei like truma. I say that this bread should be to me like truma. So I will say, what's the effectiveness of this statement? Well, it depends. Im kitrumas halishka nadar aser. So I will say, remember. Truma could refer to what? The chazi shekel. Say, if I say that this loaf of bread should be to me like the half shekel, just like the half shekel is prohibited, so too the loaf of bread should be prohibited. Oh, the half shekel of Bosa is a davar hanadar, right? People pledge their half shekel to the base of Mikdash. Therefore, it has the status of an item that is also because of nether. If it's a davar hanadar, then what? Then hatfasa will work. Then if I compare a permitted item to this prohibited item, ultimately hatfasa will work, and the permitted item will become usr. So the Gemara says, shall go in. However, again, if, I, if I'm referring to truma of my granary, the portion of my grain I give to the Kohen, then I both say that is considered to be a Dabar HaAsr. That is not a Dabar HaNadr. That is not an item that is prohibited by a vow. But instead, ultimately, again, is an item that is prohibited in and of itself. Therefore, the Nedar will not be effective. And therefore, Be'im Stam, but if I made this statement in an unqualified fashion, I did not explain what I meant, Usr, then we will assume that truma means the half shekel, and therefore you are comparing your loaf of bread to an item that is prohibited by a nether, and therefore the mice, again, the nether works. Does the truma have to be designated also? I'm sorry? So that's the chiddish again of truma and meiser, that even though they're both actively designated, but once they are designated, 
that status of truma and meiser is an inherently usher status. So the designate all the designation does it shows meaning I have to give truma and meiser, which means that there's a part of my crop that is already inherently usher. The designation says the isser is on this piece and not on this piece. But in the eyes of the Gemara, that's not called a davar hanadar. Davar hanadar is something that the status itself comes from the nether. Truma and maizah, the status doesn't come from the designation. The status is there. The designation just identifies which piece will be nether or which, which piece will be truma and maizah. It's an interesting chilek. So the words of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi says, these, are, these are the words of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Stat, Rabbi say, now again, so here's what we have from the first part of the Mishnah. Everybody will agree with the basic statement of the Mishnah, which is that stand the Dharm, if you make an unqualified nether, so unqualified nether ultimately has to be done. I mean, when we say un- unambiguous nether, it has two possible interpretations. One is lenient, one is stringent. We go with the stringent interpretation. But if a person goes ahead and later on qualifies that nether, he is believed to qualify that nether. Now the Mishnah ends off with something else. The Mishnah says, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, Stam truma bi Yehuda asura begadil mutter. So this is interesting. Rabbi Yudah says that in the tribal area of Yehuda, if somebody says truma, we make the assumption that what are they referring to? That they're referring to the half shekel. They're referring to the half shekel because since Ran, Ran points out, since they are in close proximity to the base Hamikdash, we assume that truma in Yehuda, if somebody says that this loaf should be to me like truma, we assume that in Yehuda, proximity to the base of Mikdash, truma means half shekel. Okay? On the other hand, on the other hand, begalil uh, mutter, on the other hand, if somebody says that this loaf should be to me like truma, and they say it in the Galil, in the north of Eretz Yisrael, mm-hmm. that we assume that they are referring to what type of truma? Grain truma. Right, grain truma. And therefore, grain truma is inherently usher. Therefore, the nether does not work. Why? She'ein <coughs> anshei galil, Makirin as truma salishka, because the boss says since the people of the Galil are all the way in the north, therefore what? They don't have such connection to the base of Mikdash, and because of that, again, they don't identify more readily with the half shekel. So, what Rabbi Yehuda is now telling us is that no, there are times where even if someone makes a, 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 um, an ambiguous statement, sometimes we could, we could understand ge- based on their geography what they really meant. So if you say truma in Yehuda, because of proximity to the base of Mikdash, you're referring to the half shekel. If you say truma in the Galio, ultimately you're not referring to half shekel, you're referring to truma, to actual grain truma, and therefore your nether is not binding. He goes on. Stam charamim. Similarly, again, if a person says this loaf should be cherem to me, so be Yehuda mutarin. In Yehuda, it's mutter. Why is it mutter in Yehuda? Because we assume that what type of cherem is the person referring to? Cherem kohanim. Right? Property of the kohanim. Also remember, why in Yehuda is this so? Because in Yehuda, there are a lot of kohanim. Why are there a lot of kohanim in Yehuda? Apparently, kohanim settled in Yehuda very often because that is close to the base of Mikdash. So if you're a kohen, it makes sense to live in close proximity to the base of Mikdash because remember, even though you didn't work, you only worked maybe one or two weeks a year in the Beis HaMikdash, but nevertheless you were there for Regalim, so it makes sense to be close. So in, if you're in Yehuda, if somebody said, this loaf should be like Cherem, the Pashtus, they're referring to the Cherem of the Kohanim. Now remember, if you compare your loaf to the Cherem of Kohanim, is that an effective neder? We establish no. Why? Because Cherem Kohanim is not even inherently Asur. On the other hand, Begalil Asurin, 
But if you say that my loaf should be like cherem, and you're in the galil, that is an effective nedr, because we assume that cherem in the galil means what? Cherem means that you're actually consecrating something to the Beis HaMikdash. She'ein anshe galil, ma'kir neschem ya'kohanim, because the people in the galil don't, are not really familiar with the cherem of the kohanim, because apparently there weren't a lot of kohanim that lived in the galil. Fine, says the Gemara, says the Gemara the following, v'hatnan, but we learned, now what did we learn? And we learned Suffolk Nezirus Lahakel. So we'll say, so we learned that what? That any any doubtful case of Nazirus we are making. Now we'll say, remember again, so what the Gemara is asking is like this. What the Gemara is saying is you just you just espouse the principle, what was the principle? That if you have a suffix, if you have an ambiguous lotion about a particular nether, you don't know what it means, and has two possible interpretations. One a lenient interpretation and one a stringent interpretation. What's that say? We go with the stringent interpretation. Because we learned earlier that if you have a suffix Nazirus, a doubt about Nazirus, then we resolve that how? We resolve it leniently. Now, what case are we referring to over here? It's actually very interesting. So Rashi points out the case over here is where a person says, Hareini Nazir, Imzeo Ploni Sheba Negdi Nazir. If I say, I say like this, I will be a Nazir. You see that guy over there? If that guy passing in front of me is a Nazir, I'll be a Nazir also. Now, what happens? That guy will come, Ruben comes and goes. There's only one problem, which is what? I don't know if he was a Nazir or not. So what do I do in such a situation like that? So I will say the halacha is, the halacha is um, that ultimately we pass in that, that I am not a Nazir. Since, again, it's a doubt, I don't know if I'm a Nazir or not, a suffix Nazirus is resolved leniently. So how does that statement stim with our Mishnah? Because the Mishnah says that what, essentially, if you have a suffix in Nazirus, you have an ambiguous Lashon, you resolve it stringently. Now, but yet we see elsewhere that halacha is, we have a Mishnah that says suffix Nazirus, we resolve it leniently. So which one is? Rabbi Zir Lokash, is that a contradiction? Ha Rabbi Eliezer, Ha Rabbanon. This Mishnah Rabbo said that the, Gemara, that the Gemara is bringing down that reflects the view of Rabbi Eliezer, where, whereas our Mishnah reflects the view of the Rabbanon. This Sanya, because what did we learn? Hamaktish Chayaso Behemto. Suppose it's an interesting case. If somebody consecrates his either his Chayas or his Behemoth. So we'll say Chayas means undomesticated animals, and Behemoth means domesticated animals. Let's say a person, and now this is an either or case. A person is either consecrating all of his Chayas or all of his Behemoths. So we'll say, so interestingly enough, there's an animal called the koi. So a koi seems to be some type of crossbreeding, mixed breed, and there's a shayla. Is a koi considered to be an, an animal, a behema, or is it a behema, or is it a chayo? Now, I'll say, now let, this is not an academic designation, because interestingly enough, the halacha is, this has ramifications, for example, by kisei hadam, by covering the blood. Behemas do not require kisei hadam, chayis do require kisei hadam, covering the blood after, she, after shechting, and other related halachas. So let's say, so I say, all of my animals, all of my animals are hegdish. So does that include koi or not? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Eliezer Omer lo hikdish esakoi. So I will say, so again, the Rabbanon say yes, the Rabbanon say hikdish esakoi, your koi is included in your designation. Rabbi Eliezer says it is not. So the Gemara says, why not? So the Gemara says, Hi, man do amar mamono ma'ayil esfeka, so we'll say, so the one who says that you are machmir with your possessions, and in cases of doubt we rule in a machmir situation, 
all the more so with your body as well. Therefore, I say, the one who holds that kai is included in a suffix case, like the Rabbana, the Rabbana being machmir when it comes to monetary issues, will certainly be machmir when? When it comes to issues regarding your person. Therefore, will be machmir in situations regarding ambiguous nadarim, and will say that you're chayiv. However, uman but the one who says that ultimately, again, we are not machmir with your money. So, for example, again, we do not include kai in your consecration, will say what? All the more so what? When it comes to matters of your body, i.e. nidarim, we will not be machmir as well. All right, so we'll stop over here. We'll pick up with this machlokas tomorrow.